Hello, and welcome to episode 153 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. Today is June 3rd. My name's Kellen, and today I'm joined by Sergio. What's going on, man? It's good to have you back. Hey, Kellen. Yeah, it's it's good to be back in full health, full spirits. I've made a full recovery, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, man, that's my champ. I, I didn't <laughs> even hear it. <laughs> yeah, for how big they are, they're actually pretty light on their feet. Yeah. So I'm glad you're doing okay. I know you'd bounce back because you're my champ. So oh, just really man. glad to have you back here, man. Aw, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, man. Then, of course, I'm joined by my good friend and Portland Trailblazer super fan, Kevin. <laughs> How is it currently going, man? Oh, you know, we're only up by one. We were up by 12 or 13 at one point, but it's not looking good. It's not looking good. And, uh, I mean, I'm just seeing the scoreboard, you know, because I know if I were to watch the game in the background while recording, I'd be totally distracted and not like <laughs> recording. So I just have the scoreboard and it's not looking good. Uh, not looking good. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that your Jazz made to uh, the next round. So congratulations. Uh, as as those who may or may not know, Kellen is a huge Utah Jazz fan. Uh, they're a very good team. And I wish the Blazers could be at that level. But... Unfortunately, we're in this situation, and uh, I'm going to stop talking about basketball. We're going to stop talking about it because it's going to make me sad if we lose. But we're going to oh. win. We're going to win. <laughs> yep, I believe. Yeah. So if you hear Kevin getting progressively stressed throughout the episode, you know why. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you know what? I mean, besides that, I'm doing pretty well. Just it's been pretty hot recently here in Portland. Uh, it reached the the mid-90s earlier this week. Uh, how about you guys? How's the weather on your end? It's been pretty hot here, too. Mm. Yeah, it's supposed to hit 100 later this week, so I'm <laughs> not really Whoa. looking forward to that. I like warmth, but when you get triple digits, I'm kind of out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that sucks. But uh, before we continue, how are you doing, Kellen? I'm doing good. Um, despite all of what I just said, this is one of my favorite times of the year where it starts to... Warm back up again. Basketball playoffs are on. It was a short mm-hmm. work week. So overall, pretty great week and just excited to be here and be recording with you guys. Nice. Same. Awesome. And so with it being the new month, we just put a bow on our last game of the month, which was obviously new Pokemon Snap. We recorded that episode last week. And so jumping into this week as a way to open up our new segment here, we are happy to introduce our new game slash games for june and so with e3 coming up all these new announcements coming up we wanted to make sure that our backlogs were scrubbed clean so we've got room to add all these new games to start a new (laughs) backlog um (laughs) so because of all that the month of june for our game of the month is going to be dedicated to backlogging we are going to bust our backlogs we're going to be playing games left and right we're going to be trying to cross off ones that have been there for a while we're going to confront the shame of having games downloaded for you know two to three years and never opening them we are going to take (laughs) some of that just head on so as a community um in our discord we will be talking about the different games we're playing as we're going through this month trying to trying to bust our backlogs and so for those not in our discord community please reach out to us through email or join our Discord itself and share with us your experience as we go through and play these different games. 
there should be a lot of variety because everyone's planning on playing so many different types of games, even games off the Switch. So there's going to be a lot of conversation for a lot of different times of gamers, and I'm really excited about it. What do you guys think? Yeah, same here. It uh, Like you said, we already seen a lot of variety on our Discord, people playing all sorts of different games, or even just parts of games like expansions or DLC. So it's definitely getting people playing games and a lot of different types of games too. Yeah, and I'm really excited because there are certain games slash expansions that I've been dying to play, dying to complete, and just have a ball because... I mean, you know, we've had like basketball. Some... Yeah, yeah. Like, well, <laughs> you know, Too if soon. I were to look, if I were to get back into NBA Two K, I think it's twenty one right now. Um, I would not. You won't see me forever. I probably just drop everything <laughs> just to make my my uh, custom player the best it could ever be. Not like Pokemon, but like an actually like the best <laughs> player. But yeah, <laughs> so. I'm glad to be playing some games that are just in my backlog. And, I mean, oh, gosh. It's just, sometimes it can be sad. You know, you look at it, you're like, oh, <laughs> there's that game I want to play. It's been about a couple years. You're like, yeah, <laughs> forget about it. And then next year, yeah, I spent some money on that. I should probably play it. <laughs> so it's time to like, get back into it. I don't know. Do you guys feel that way? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely can at times, and I think we'll go more in depth on things like that a little bit later here in the episode. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad to hear you guys are really excited about um, backlog month. We kind of did the same thing a couple months ago with RPG month, where it was left open and not just about one specific game. And the response to that seemed really good, so I'm kind of hoping for a similar one here now. Right. So um, we kind of talked briefly about new announcements coming out and that being a big part of why this is going to be a backlog month for us. So, Kevin, any big gaming events coming up, big or small? Yeah, well, you know, nothing too big. I mean, there's just, what, uh, E3? I mean, it's just not that big of a deal, right? I mean, No, come on. It's it's E3. I mean, it's the... what? what, (laughs) I forgot what the acronym is. Um, Electronics Entertainment Expo. How could I even... I didn't forget. I just remembered it. So, I mean, it is the biggest... Gaming convention event year after year. I mean, y'all know what it is. I mean, we're, we, it showcases all of the platforms. Um, I think it's been going on since the 90s. So, you know, this year is a bit different because it's all digital and it's free to the public. So registration actually starts today. Uh, so you probably should, you know, register if you want to get the inside scoop. Or you could, you know, just go on a little website called YouTube.com and check out all the exclusive content there. I don't know how they're going to do it, Kellen, Sergio, I'm not sure, but I think it's cool to register uh, anyway to see if there's any exclusive things that we can check out, that we can share, that we can, you know, talk about in our lovely podcast, because that's what we do. Um, Yeah, what about you guys? What do you guys think? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely pretty three exciting times. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whenever E3 is around, everyone is talking about games and saving their, their reveals for conferences or announcements. And even this week, we're seeing a lot of schedules being confirmed, a lot of companies having press conferences or video showcases. So everyone's getting, uh, everyone's talking about games and there's going to be a lot going on starting next week. So I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. And even just seeing that tweet from Nintendo about when their presentation is going to be, which is Tuesday, June 15th at 
9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern time. It just made it feel like, wow, it's like finally here because we talked about it for so long and we waited for so long and we figured it was going to be the next Nintendo Direct was E3. And it's like almost here right now, so it's exciting. Yes. And not much has mm. officially leaked of what's going to show. There's always speculation, but I feel like it's been pretty tight-lipped this time around, and that's exciting because I'm not one to want to spoil myself going into stuff like this. Yes. It's always fun to be surprised and see it for the first time, so I try to like put the blinders up a little bit when the week before rolls around. So um, I'm really excited. I'll save my predictions for a later episode, but... Just any sort of gaming news right now is just so exciting. Yeah, and it's just really easy to get caught into the, the whirlwind of things. And I mean, I'm going to hold my predictions like you, Kellen, but I'm just going to come in with low to no expectations um, <laughs> because I think that's the best way to not get disappointed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm for me, I'm going to be, you know, looking at some Nintendo things, but also some Sony. You know, I keep tabs on Sony as a part-time sony fanboy now not not full-time anymore uh ever since i joined this podcast so uh yeah yeah, that's right uh only (laughs) part-time yeah you know definitely excited for that so uh stay tuned because we'll obviously be covering the announcements from e3 we'll be hyping it up right before it happens um so it should be a good couple episodes a bunch of content coming which is always exciting for being on a gaming podcast whenever things like this are announced the podcaster in you and the gamer in you gets excited. So um really excited that we're finally here. Um So stay tuned for that. That's just in a couple Tuesdays here. So mm-hmm. we wanted to jump into the meat of our episode because we already mentioned, you know, this month we're going to be playing backlog games as a community, but you know, it's dangerous to go alone. And so we're going to help arm you mm. with some different strategies and thoughts when it comes to busting backlogs, because the very thought of it's pretty daunting and just knowing it's backlog month has kept me from buying a couple of games this month already because I know I've got <laughs> more to complete and more on the way. So I just wanted to really spend time this episode talking about ways that we found effective to bust backlog, ones that have been recommended that maybe just don't work for us, and kind of the effects of just having a backlog as a whole. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and kind of start this off easy and ask you guys what games, expansions, DLCs, are you wanting to complete this month? So for me, um, I've been playing the new Nier game for the PS4 Nier Replicant. And that came out, I believe, like in late March. And I haven't really been playing that much of it. I've been playing other games. You know how it happens. So <laughs> I definitely want to get back to that one and hopefully complete it this month. And then, oh man, so one that has been on my backlog for years and I've I've restarted it several times and it never really goes much further than the last time. It's actually a DS game. So this is like really, really going back. (laughs) Mario and Luigi partners in time. I I think this is the perfect opportunity to finally put this game to rest. And I I love the game and I don't think I have even played like half of it. But yeah, I'm going to take this month and I'm I'm finally going to go for it. Well, it's about time. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome kevin what games are you looking to complete man pokemon sun man i'm ready no i'm kidding i'm not gonna do that what (laughs) no no oh you know i thought you thought i was serious no i for all the pokemon fans i'm not sorry no i you know that part of my (laughs) life is over um 
that sounds really sad but actually i actually have actually i just mentioned that like three times um i have three games slash expansions that i'm going to tackle for this time uh cyber shadow which which released early this year uh i've haven't finished it i want to finish it so this is a perfect opportunity to do that um famicom detective club the missing heir at least mm. that one and then there's the girl who uh stands behind i believe that's the title if not then yes yeah, i think it's the title so one of those so definitely missing air uh that release last month and then uh you know i've been interested in playing some single player splatoon and what better way to get back into it than to play the octo expansion which came out in 2018 so i'm gonna i have been tackling that uh since the beginning of this month and yeah i'm excited to finish it and let you guys know how it goes because you know i've been playing some splatoon multiplayer here and there left and right up and down all directions and you know <laughs> i i've heard from sources that uh playing the single player splatoon uh well expansion this one will help my game help mm-hmm. me to get good so <laughs> i'm doing that it's happening right now not as we speak, but, you know, it, it's <laughs> happening this month. So, yeah. What about you? Maybe Kelly? as you listen. Well, as you listen. That's right. As you <laughs> but you know what, Kellen, what about you? What, what do you got? Well, you know, I'm a little nervous already because I think you're good enough online in Splatoon 2. So if you get any better, I'm in trouble. Um. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, compared to some of you guys, I don't think so. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, we have some so. beasts in our Discord. It's always fun to play online, but, man. There's some people you got to watch out for. Um, <laughs> so for this month, I'm looking to beat a handful of games, and I'm probably reaching a little too far here, but you know, that's what goals are for, right? They're supposed to make you stretch a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to complete Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, because I've owned that forever, and for the longest time, that was the game I wanted to play, I wanted to beat, I wanted to own, and I finally bought it after putting it off for a while. And I've had it for like six months, and I've started like three different files, and I haven't finished it. So I want to do that. Um, Persona Strikers is on there as well. It's Mm. one that I got the night it came out, and I downloaded it, and I loved it, and I played like five hours, and then I just got distracted. So I'm not quite (laughs) sure how long that's estimated to take to complete. I'm sure a lot of it depends on how much time you spend in the world and doing side things, but it's one I want to at least make progress on, if not beat. Uh, Pacross, um, S1, I believe it is, or just S, the first mm-hmm. one. I really like Pacross mm-hmm. games, so I want to go through and clear that. I'm most of the way already, which is nice. And then one that I started last month that I've kind of let up on a little bit is Bug Fables. Still a great game, um, mm. but it's one that I could definitely finish out this month. And I think if I make it a goal, I can definitely get there. So those are my four. Nice. nice. Uh, some good variety, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was really aiming for, and uh, I'll talk a bit about how that plays into my backlog-busting strategies later mm. on here in the episode, but yeah, I definitely wanted a good range of games there. So, Kevin, you briefly mentioned it in the intro, but I wanted to go a little more in-depth on the problems and stresses of having a backlog, because it can be stressful at times looking at that list of games, so just wanted to quickly go around the room, does having a backlog, like, impact you in a stressful way does it cause problems for you like how do you view your backlog yeah it's stressful so that's my short answer but my explanation is that 
it's stressful because you know you buy a game you're thinking all right i'm gonna like play i'm gonna finish it within a certain amount of time and then a new game comes out it's like oh man i want to play that but then i have this game to finish you know game a but then game b comes out it's like oh hell yeah i'm gonna play this game and then forget about game a and then game c comes out like a month later but you know maybe something happened in your life that detracted you from playing game b and it's just like you know because you know work and and whatever personal life things you have or things happen right things happen in life that uh detract you away from you know finishing a game that you want to finish within a certain amount of time and then game c comes out it's like oh my god and then you just have a backlog <laughs> just grows for like you know uh 25 years i'm not saying that's like me but <laughs> just, that might be but uh yeah it's <clears throat> i think that's just the thing it's just like you always want to keep up with the newest games but then if you're not able to finish it it's your you know your backlog starts to grow and grow and then um you then you end up just trying to you know take maybe a few games per year or <laughs> per month and you just trying to see if you can finish it <laughs> But I think the sh- the the shtick that I'm trying to say is that uh, it, it's it's just a constant balancing act. It's a juggling act that you have that I'm struggling with at times because I want to play all these games, the latest and greatest. But then I know I have to finish, you know, what I have in the be- like, you know, that I bought before, and it's just a constant struggle of trying to balance my time with games. That's the that is that's it. It's hard. It's stressful. And, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a problem and it, it can definitely cause stress because, you know, you might be thinking, well, man, I, I've been buying all these games and I haven't even been playing it. If I bought them right now or later on when I actually have the time to play them, they're going to be much cheaper so I could have saved more money. And then you also start thinking, well, I'm, I'm probably going to stop buying new games because I'm not going to play them because I have all of these old games. So it, it starts affecting the games that you play. There might be a new game that you really want to play, but because of your backlog, you might want to hold back a little bit. So there's a lot of different emotions at play. I think a lot of it comes down to how you see your backlog. Um, if you can, you know, chip away at it here and there, like we're doing this month, I think that definitely helps. But I mean, even if, if we we almost always have one, uh, it just depends on how we look at things. But we should we should make the most of it. It can be a good thing in a way. Yeah. So I think there's a couple ways that you can look at what a backlog is because you could look at it as simply just all the games that you own that you haven't you know played or completed, or you could look at it as all the games that I own that I haven't played that I want to play. Um, and the distinction there is wanting to mm. play these games or not. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's something I've really had to bite off. There are games that I've bought that I've played a couple hours of, and yeah, maybe I could go back and give it more of a fair shake. But a lot of those games, that's already been decided. This isn't the game for me. I probably shouldn't have bought this. So I don't really consider that to be a part of my backlog, which is liberating because it's like crossing things off without actually beating the game. So I try to look at my backlog as just games that I own that I haven't completed that I would like to play. And that definitely helps to start um, because when I look at it as just a whole, it becomes stressful. Um, I start to look at these games that I bought that I don't want to play now and think about how I still need to finish them out to feel like I got my money's worth or whatever. But I've tried to remove myself from that idea because whenever I look at my backlog as just being all the games that I own that I haven't played, I get way too nervous when it comes to buying new games. And yes, like you should. Um, learn from bad purchases and, you know, know what to look for in a new game and what to 
seeing a new game that maybe is a red flag. Maybe this isn't the game for me. Maybe I shouldn't buy it. But when I start to, you know, double guess games that I know I'm going to love, that's when having a backlog starts to become a problem because Mm. I almost feel like I can't take on more because I have so much to play already. But there's definitely a balance to be struck there. But when I think too heavily about the backlog, it starts to swing too much in the direction of you can't have fun with these new things. You have to have fun with these old things. So I think that's the biggest stress or problem for me of having a backlog. And, you know, for 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 that point, I think one of the things that uh, that adds to that stress is multiplayer games because those never end. They never end. And mm. like whether it's Rocket League, Splatoon, um, you know, Animal Crossing, those are actually to me the number one um, the number one factor of why backlogs keep growing for me at least <laughs> because it's like and, and the thing is it's like it's to no fault of anyone. Um, it's a systemic issue because it's like you have these multiplayer games you want to play with people, but then you know you you have single player games you want to play. It's like oh goodness. <laughs> You're just trying to juggle that, and then the more things come out, and then like Kevin, like you mentioned, you know, there's the balance of you know playing new things, but also playing your old things. It's kind of like, oh, but then you have these multiplayer games that are just, I mean, I feel like that is the biggest obstacle in completing backlogs because multiplayer games they can take quite a bit of time. Even if it's like the even if it's just like the daily grind of like Animal Crossing, that can take anywhere from like five minutes to an hour. <laughs> for me at least um i don't know i don't know about you sirs but um I, i'm hope i'm hoping you can relate i mean i'm sure you can because yeah. you're like yeah, the yeah. animal crossing um god here so it's it, <laughs> and the thing is is like those games they do take a lot of time but they never end so it's like it kind of conflicts with your backlog you know and, and you just don't know like how do you balance that that's all i got <laughs> yeah i definitely agree with that because i'm definitely a multiplayer i'm a multiplayer game player if that even made sense at all. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I spend a lot of time playing Fortnite, Rocket League, things like that. Those that have listened to the show or, or are in our Discord community, you definitely already know that. And so that's a big stress because one, when I'm playing those games, I'm thinking about the completable ones on my backlog I'm not playing. And then <laughs> when I am playing those backlog games, I'm thinking about those games I love to play for thousands of hours. <laughs> and it's kind of like this push and pull of, well... I really enjoy playing multiplayer games. It's my favorite part of gaming, but I also like these other things and I know I need to do it, but when I do it, it's like, well, I don't like the single player games as much. So why am I wasting my time here? It's like, it's constant push and pull. So yeah, I think it'll Mm -hmm. be a good learning month for me to learn how to kind of balance that. So in going into the different strategies that we've tried to employ to, knock out some of our backlog, I wanted to talk a bit about maybe some of the failures, um, different advice we've been given or seen, or things that we've just tried that hasn't worked to clear our backlogs. What are some things that haven't maybe worked for you personally, but could work for other people? Yeah, one for me was trying to play a lot of games at once. And my Mm. my approach was, well, I can play, you know, one of each genre, um, even multiple games on one system. And I was thinking, well, um, you know, I'll I'll chip away at them a little bit here and there. And I'll play like half an hour of each and then I'll keep switching games. But what ended up happening is there's some games that clicked a lot more than others. And then you just start playing those more. 
you focus on those and then you kind of forget about the other ones. And instead of having them fresh, you, you kind of already started them. So that can also affect your approach to them because you feel even more compelled to finish games that you have already started. So that one didn't work for me. Uh, playing a lot of games at once. Um, I have a little bit of a strategy um, related to that that did work for me. I'll talk about that later. Um, another one that didn't work for me, and I'm very guilty of this. I do this too often still. Whenever I'm going to play a game that I already started before, I think, oh, I'll just restart it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, uh, uh, the way I see it is like, I like that part of the game, the beginning. I, I, I didn't dislike it, so I'll just play it over, you know. It, it's fine. But not only does it take more time, I mean, I think that's the biggest issue. It takes more time away from you finishing the games in your backlog. So if you already played the game and you remember it fondly, you can just pick up from where you left off. That's actually what I'm going to do in uh, Mario & Luigi Partners in Time. I don't recall where I am uh, the last time I played that game, but I'm just going to pick up from there. I'm not going to restart it because then the whole thing is going to repeat itself again. <laughs> For those kind of games, I feel like it does help if there's like a recap, like, like like in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, you know, like say you haven't played, you like you you've been playing for a little bit, and then you haven't played for like several months, and then there's a little recap after you you know resume, and then it tells you like where you were and stuff. So uh, for single player games, like having a little recap would be nice to be able to help with that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, I uh, so I would usually write games down on my notebook, saying, okay, I'm gonna play this and finish this. So you know continue slash finish this game and then you know i'll be diligent and like look at my notebook like every day for that month and then it ends up not working out <laughs> because i just like completely ignore um what i set out to do in my notebook because then new games come out that i want to play or you know maybe something's on sale like oh gosh like gotta get the good deals right i mean there's a game that i've been waiting to get but it conflicts with like what i already committed to you know hmm. according to my quote-unquote notebook contract of games like it just doesn't work out so that didn't work out for me um i do have one method that has which i'll talk about later but yeah i i just it's like you think like writing stuff down would actually you know psychologically uh convince you like okay this is gonna i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna you know like sign it and date it and stuff like this is official but then it just doesn't work out um a lot of times and you know these you know like Playing games, buying games is very fluid. It's very dynamic. There's always just factors that come into play of like good deals or, and even the time I spent for certain games. Like maybe there's a single player game that I thought I was going to like a lot, but it ends up being a chore. And I mean, do I want to play a game just to finish it just because I want to finish it? Or do I want to play a game because I want to enjoy it and see and look forward to the end? There's a lot of factors in play. So, yeah. Yeah, I really like the points that you guys brought up. It cleared up a lot of my list personally. Um, a big part of how I try to manage my backlog is by not only completing games, but by managing the ones that I buy and download onto my Switch. And so I used to carry the strategy of, while I play these games, I'm going to buy these games that are on sale for cheap. And by the time I complete the games I'm currently playing, I'll have a whole new set of games that I can play. Well, in theory, that sounds good, but it never really works out quite that way. <laughs> I just end up with a ton of unplayed games. And so one thing that I've had to learn from why that strategy doesn't work is there's rarely a Switch sale on a game 
where it's just a one-time sale and it's not going to come back around, especially yes. for eShop games. I've mm-hmm. learned that even if it's like a tempting deal right now, it's always going to come back. It's going to be either the same discount or even deeper. I'm on Deku deals all the time, so I see the little graph. I know how low it's going to go. <laughs> um, I just had to tell myself, I can't start this game right now. I'm not going to start it this week or this month. So I'm just going to wait for a week or a month. And you know what? It's probably going to be on sale again. I'm going to be fine. I don't need to buy it right now. So that's one strategy that I used to think would be helpful that just isn't. Um, the other big one for me, kind of piggybacking off what Sergio had mentioned, is starting over games because I just had a laugh when he said that because that's 100% me, um, especially with like Donkey Kong. I've started that game like three different times, gotten through World oh, 1, okay. given up. And then I'm like, oh man, I need to start over. So I feel like I actually completed it like on one run. <laughs> but okay, it takes like what, two to three hours maybe to like go through world one, especially if you want to go back and get some of the extras, do that on three files. That's nine hours. Like I could yeah. have gone through and completed oh. two other worlds in that time. And so it starts to scale quite a bit once you do that. <clears throat> and at times for some games, I think it is beneficial when the stories may be a little more heavy and you got a little bit further but not like super far into the game where it feels like a waste to play through it again because you want to refamiliarize yourself with the world and the characters and the plot and what's going on. And then the other thing is if you're playing a game with like really intense controls, sometimes they only teach that in the first couple levels. So you almost feel like you have to go back and replay that to remind yourself if it's been a while. But I've tried to move away from that just because of the point I've already mentioned of that time going back can scale pretty quickly, especially if you do it multiple times. And the times I've gone in just jumped right back in my save file. Sure, it does take a little while to get reacclimated to the game, to the controls, to the story, but it happens. It's almost like riding a bike. You're going to kind of not necessarily pick up where you left off, but you're not going to forget how it kind of flowed, especially if you've right. gone through and tried mm-hmm. the game a couple times. So that's definitely a strategy and kind of like a mental thing of feeling like I completed the game versus not completing the game that I've had to abandon because it's just too much of a time sink. There's too many games to play to go through and do that to myself. So I'd say those are definitely the big ones. Um, As a quick side note, another one, I've seen the strategy work for some people. It doesn't work for me. They do things where it's like for every two games I complete, I'll buy one. And kind of going back to my first point, that just doesn't, it's not a system that works for me personally because I can abuse that pretty easily. There's a handful of games that on my Switch that only take an hour or two to complete. They're really small. So if I'm knocking <laughs> two of those out and then buying a 60-hour game, yeah. it just doesn't <laughs> oh compute. And you know that's what I'm going to do. So Because yeah. I'm not going to complete two 60-hour games to buy a one-hour game. And so it almost like <laughs> limits the types of games that you can buy once you have that system going. Right. So... I get it works for some people. I'm glad it does. It's just not one that works for me personally. Oh my gosh. I would never be able to do that. And I feel like it's too rigid too. I mean, kudos for those who can do it. But for me, like it's too rigid. Like, um, because there's just so many games out there. And I mean, different times of the year, different times of the day. It's like, okay, well, like this is the time of the, the type of game that I want to play like at this time of the year. Like Sergio, you like to play Pokemon games during winter. I mean, that's like a, that you're not going to compromise on that, right? Because that is, that. Yeah makes you feel really good in in terms of your own video game passion so um 
And then, Kellen, I love Deku, Deku deals too. So I look at it every day. There is one game I have been eyeing on, Phenotopia, which is like an RPG. Uh, but <laughs> it hasn't gone on sale for a while. So I'm just like, oh, I'm going to wait until it drops down to the lowest <laughs> price. But see, those are the things that just get gets to us. It's like, ah, there's a deal. You want to get it. Then you, but you have all these other games. It's like, ah, but yeah, no, it's it's a struggle, guys. <laughs> that's why we're doing this <laughs> yeah it definitely is we've already joked that our discord's going to be more of like a group support meeting going through and yeah. trying to beat these games together so it's nice to have a community to kind of go through and talk about the stresses of beating games learn from their strategies what works what doesn't work so i think that's going to be a great part of this month so kind of going into all of that um i want to leave the negatives behind a bit and go into the positives what systems or the ways of busting backlog have you guys implemented that have worked well for you? One thing that has worked for me fairly recently, actually, if you can play games, you know, a little bit at a time, even if it takes you maybe a little bit longer than if you play several hours at once. What I've, what I've been doing, you know, I always wake up pretty early to play Rocket League and you know, it was a little difficult at first, but I forced myself to play just one hour and then I'll play another hour of another game. Lately, I've been playing Resident Evil 8 on the PS5. And, you know, when it's close, when when that hour of Rocket League is about to end, you always want to keep going for sure, especially if you've been winning. But I've been pretty good at saying, OK, I, I, I did the hour. I got to keep playing Resident Evil 8 because I, I want to finish the game, right? So I've been playing about an hour a day, maybe sometimes a little more on weekends. And it's taken about a month, but I'm getting there. I mean, most likely I'm going to beat it tomorrow based on what's going on in the game. So, I mean, it works. It takes a little while, but it works. And then, of course, if you have more time during the day, you can play something else too. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I... I think I follow a similar trend, but I basically just uh, either I set an alarm on my phone, <laughs> uh, or I you know just tell myself, hey, I just have an hour to play this game. Like if it's a, especially if it's a single player, and uh, especially on the weekends too, where you know I have other things I have to take care of uh, in my life. But uh, yeah, I just you know I it's all about priorities. It's all about organizing your routine. I know we talked about this before, but it's all about fitting video game time into your routine and for me uh, that plays into how i finish my backlog or if i can um so i would just say hey i'm gonna play an hour <laughs> of famicom Tetris club for today and after that hour either my alarm goes off off my phone or i just oh it's three o'clock in the morning no i'm just kidding <laughs> no no but <laughs> no but you know like something you know more reasonable like maybe it's like uh maybe i play from like 4 to 5 p.m and after 5 p.m., done. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to prep dinner, whatever. Like, I'm just, that is, it will not break my routine. So I just have that sort of mindset. That's what mm, I would do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I really like those points. Um, I definitely know that this strategy doesn't work for everyone because it's something that I just kind of implement in every aspect of my life. But I'm a multitasker and mm-hmm. I have a hard time just biting one game off at a time. Um, when I'm not gaming, I'm probably reading and I'm currently reading seven different books right now. And so (laughs) I'm no stranger to like reading five chapters of one, putting it down, picking up another and just like cycling through. Um, I know that doesn't work for a lot of people because you can really 
um, kind of diminish some of your enjoyment in the different experiences by taking on so much at the same time. It can be confusing to keep things straight in your head with what's going on in different scenarios, different worlds. So I get that that doesn't work for everyone, but a big way that I bust my backlog is by multitasking, but also diversifying. Um, I listed out those games I'm trying to play this month, and there are games on there like Persona Strikers 5 where, yeah, I probably could play it handheld, but it's definitely one that I'd want to play docked. And so that works well for if I ever get to play docked based on, you know, what's going on right now. Um, with the NBA playoffs on right now, I'm watching a lot of that. So I want to have a game that I can play handheld that's kind of chill or low key. So that's where Pacross mm. comes in. Um, mm. And then I've got games that kind of fit in between like Donkey Kong where... Yeah, I still kind of prefer to play that game docked just because I don't really like playing handheld and tabletop isn't my preferred way of playing. I really like using the pro controller, but I don't know, tabletop just doesn't work for me. So that's when I could play handheld or docked and, you know, Bug Fable is kind of the same way, definitely a decent handheld game. So I try to play different games on my backlog that fit different ways of playing because that kind of feeds into... Well, no matter my circumstance of the day, if I have gaming time, if I can't play docked, I can still play a game. It doesn't like ruin my ability to knock off a game from backlog because I don't have access to my TV or vice versa. Maybe I can't play handheld for whatever reason. I'm, I can't really think of a reason why maybe I just want to play docked. So I've got a game that I want to play docked already ready and I'm playing through right. it. So I feel like that's something that's definitely helped. Um, the genres, they're obviously pretty varied too. So if I'm not in an action-y mood and I was only playing Persona Strikers, I wouldn't be playing any game. But if I'm not in an action-y mood, I could just play Bug Fables instead, and that fills that void and allows me to still work on completing a game. So that's definitely been a big strategy for me anyway. I love that you mentioned the NBA playoffs, because that is one of my favorite times of the year, and... For me, I do the same thing for certain games that uh, I like to play while the NBA playoffs are on. Some like games that don't require me to listen to music. Um, Rocket League is one of them. Well, from last year, and then uh, this year, you know, Cyber Shadow at times. You know, because like, I mean, Cyber Shadow, the music is pretty decent, but that's beside the point. Like, uh, if I just want to, you know, listen in to the NBA playoffs and play like a single player platformer or whatever, like it just works. I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm going off my way. Um, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, typically this usually goes for a game where I don't really <laughs> care to listen to music that much. Cause it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I know it's kind of, I don't want to be disrespectful to the developers or the musicians who make, cause I mean, obviously I commend them for, even doing that in the first place and, and, and creating such an environment, such a, a great selection of music for the, the game. But then sometimes I just want to tune out, you know, like, come on, like Rocket League. I mean, it's really easy to just like, you know, have like some jazz music on or maybe I'm watching a food show on Netflix. Like I'm, I'm very, very, that's like one of my uh, favorite things to do is just like have something on Netflix, like even something that I've watched before. And then I just play like a game that doesn't require me to mm. think too much. So something more mindless. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm. I had another point, and it kind of goes against what Kellen said. Uh, I guess because we're, you know, we're kind of exploring what works for us and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. But I think not putting too much on your plate actually helps me 
clear the backlog. But at the same time, there are ways, um, kind of like Helen said, that you can kind of diversify a little bit. The way I approach that is one game per system. So mm. uh, I can say, oh, I'm playing this on the PS5, I'm playing this on the Switch, and I'm playing this on the Xbox. And like I have these three games at the moment. And in a way, it's easier to switch games if you feel like playing something else because the game is already there in your system. You don't have to select something else or wait for, for it to load. It's already there. So you can have a little bit of variety. But I think like for me, if I have too much, like I said, one of them, a few of them click more than the others, and then I forget about the others. So <laughs> yeah. having having a few games, uh, I think it's it's a little better for me. All about that balance. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think it's just easy to play like all the games you want in the world. But I mean, I think yeah, I think that's the key, right? Balance. Find that balance. You know, it's a juggling act, and um, that's how you're able. Th- that is, you know, the key to complete your backlog uh i mean well let me ask you guys this um like how many games do you guys truly have in your backlog i mean like i know like we've talked about some games but like how many games do you guys have truly Ah, <laughs> uh, i mean it depends how many generations back you're willing to go i have i have let's a just, lot let's just say for the last two years <laughs> mm. or is that too much oh no <laughs> as far as games on the switch and I kind of talked briefly about there's different ways to define backlog. I haven't counted in a while, so I'm kind of nervous. As far as games I <laughs> haven't started up or haven't completed, I'd probably say I'm between 70 and 80 on Switch. Mm. So there's quite Whoa. a bit there. Um, and there are ones that I've played for like five hours that I just haven't completed. As far as like games I really want to play out of those, I'd probably say you know two-thirds. I think there's... A third there that I could want to play, but maybe isn't like a super priority or games I found just aren't for me that I don't really count as being a part of backlog just because I don't want to force myself to play them just to say I completed them. But I'd say that's probably where I'm at on Switch. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I mean, for me on the Switch, I would say about 30 uh, retail games. I find it a little bit easier to to leave uh, digital only games in the backlog, but I have a lot more of those, so I, I, that's why I do that. <laughs> you know, it was digital, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that makes sense. Uh, for me, uh, on the Switch, I probably have between twenty five to thirty five, and then on the PS four, I have ten. So it's uh, including the. Uh, mm. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, nice. I know. Well, no, Is that review nice. still coming? Not nice, Surge. Not nice, God. <laughs> no, it's not coming yet. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, but yeah. it's. I don't know, Kellen. I have no idea. Um, I know I talked about it. I had my word on it. I hate going back against my word, but... Oh no, now I feel like a sad <laughs> boy panda now. Oh, man. <sighs> okay. I just got 10 times sadder. <laughs> no, but yeah, I case in point, um, I'm going to focus more on the Switch now. So yeah, I, I think out of the 25 <laughs> to 35 games on the Switch, I have like half of them that I really want to finish, including uh, Cyber Shadow, Famicom to the Club, Missing Air, and Split the Octos expansion. So for Splatoon. Yep. Nice. Nice. I like the point that you brought up, Sergio, with physical versus digital, because that's honestly a thing for me too. And I don't know if part of it is like Donkey Kong is a game I really want to play, 
but I also know E3 is coming up, and so I'm trying to get more eShop credit on hand. And knowing that Switch games really re- like they hold their value over time, you can trade mm-hmm. them or sell them and get pretty close to you know the retail value of the game. Um, I'm definitely trying to go through and complete some of those physical ones I haven't, so I can sell them, so I can have more cash on hand for any sort of E3 announcements that roll through. Mm. So I mm-hmm. think that's definitely another strategy for me is I'm more apt to play those physical games and complete them a lot faster than the quick little downloads where oh, you download right. them immediately and almost forget about them. So, <laughs> I mean, mm. the physical games, they can still kind of sit there and it can take a while to like actually take them out of the box. And yes, every now and then I do go through my games and I find one that I bought physically I forgot about, which is shameful. Um, but I think that's definitely a good strategy that's worked for me. Another one that has is kind of sifting through my backlog and trying to set goals. Like I had mentioned a couple times now, there are games in my backlog I just don't want to play, so I don't consider them part of my backlog, and that's super liberating. The other part is there are games of the list of games I haven't played that I want to play that I don't necessarily want to complete Um, a big journey for me lately in gaming has been accepting that it's okay to not roll credits on a game. And sometimes you're done Mm. or you've completed a game before you've even reached that point. And I think that's going to help on my backlog journey too, because when I look at those like 80 games or whatever, it's daunting to think about playing them all through to completion, maybe hundred percenting a couple of them, rolling credits on all of them. Um, it just seems way too overwhelming. And so there are games that I've played and sometimes it's just given it fair enough of a shake to where I really enjoy this game up to this point, but I can tell I'm not going to enjoy the rest of it. So I think I'm just done with it and then just kind of leaving it at that and then investing my time somewhere else. So that's been another big strategy for me in busting backlog. That's a really good point that you make. And, you know, when it comes to like the pressure of finishing a game, you know, I'm actually really, really glad that you know, there are people, there, oh, 99% of people out there are not going to say, hey, you didn't finish this game. Like, wow, you're lame. You know, like, no one's going to say that. And the pressure of finishing a game usually comes from ourselves, right? Because it's like, oh, we we bought this game, whether it's physical or digital. Well, especially physical. It's like, you know, there's a pressure to finish it because like I want to make, I want to get my money's worth. But then, like you said, Calvin, like sometimes it's okay to just get to a point where you play enough uh, to merit the worth of spending that much for the game and so it's all good and i think having that mindset is is a lot more satisfying when playing games in general so yeah i definitely have that mindset too because i mean it's hard to finish a game like in general i mean it's uh i mean and there's and even games like animal crossing like you can never finish that like there's always something to do but i mean right. but i think for this accounts for rpgs especially there is something satisfying about finishing an rpg but I think it's okay to get to certain points. Like, okay, well, you know, I I got as much as I can out of it, and I'm moving on to a different part of my life or games. Nice. Um, another tip uh, that I had is that you know sometimes we're playing, we're usually playing something, and then there's a couple of games coming out. <laughs> there's always games coming out, and, and <laughs> a lot of the time we want to play not just one of those games, right? We want to play a bunch, but. I feel like it's a good strategy to really look at the games. I mean, sometimes we know if there's a game we want coming out that we really want to play and we're focused on that, definitely easy choice. But sometimes if there's a couple of games that we want and we're kind of on the fence or we could really go like either way on which one to get, it's it might be a good idea to think, okay, well, which one is more likely to drop in price? 
uh, pretty mm. quickly, mm. or which one is more likely to get a definitive edition down the road? Because that's a thing that happens a lot nowadays. So, with with that in mind, it, it could lead you to make a choice that basically by by putting away the game that is likely to drop in price or get a definitive edition, you can buy that one later. Yeah, that's a good point. And typically for the games that drop in price are usually third-party games. Um, I rarely see discounts on first-party games unless it's like a year later or so. Um, right, right. Like, and, and I mean, it, it's kind of weird because it's like the, the third-party games, like the indie, or like even some of the indies, like the quality can be just as good as like the first party games but yet uh for some reason maybe they they may or may not sell as much initially and so that's where the price drop comes in and it's like okay that is the time for me to buy the game because i know it's going to drop in price um it's not a disrespect like the developers or whoever made the game but that's just i i feel like that is the trend um i do have one tip though that i want to share is that i think it depends on the genre of the game too like if you're going to buy rpgs and you like like you know month after month, and you're expecting to finish it. Like good luck, because those are meaty. <laughs> so yeah. I think if you limit yourself to like maybe one or two RPGs a year, I think that's pretty reasonable because you have your RPGs and you have like you know visual novels that probably take maybe four or six hours or so, and then maybe platformers that can take anywhere from like ten to twenty hours um, or even shorter. So I think knowing what you're getting into is a great way to. Uh, make your backlog more i was gonna say that digestible but uh i think just a lot easier to tackle because um mm. knowing what you're going into and just just having a rough estimate of how long a game could take like i honestly rely on how long to beat.com like how long it takes the game or that or that website like you know how long it takes the game to beat.com whatever mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. it's really useful because you know they they tell you uh and forgive me if i don't you know, say the website correctly. I, I'm just speaking on hand, but uh, they tell you, you know, how long it takes to complete the main story, be a completionist, slash extras. I mean, that gives you a good, you know, estimate of like, oh, okay, well, it takes about this much to finish this game. Uh, you know, yeah, I can, I, this could fit my my backlog, and if not, then I'll just move on. Um, but usually this applies to games that have released, like, after a month or two, because then, I mean, HongongDB.com right. only catalogs the games that have been in the market for a while, not just fresh new games, because, you know, you don't know how long it takes until you actually finish it. Right. People usually take a little <laughs> bit to finish the game, so. Yeah, I think that's a great point. That's been a great resource for me, and kind of as I'm investigating if I want to buy a game or start to play a game, that's one of the places I definitely start in, so you can understand what mm-hmm. you're really signing up for, because it can be hard to yeah. tell. Um, for my last point of strategies that work, I get that this one is a little bit hard to pull off, but it's super effective if you can make it work. And that is being in a community or playing a game alongside someone else. Um, because it almost provides motivation to talk about the game, to hype each other up about it, to kind of hold each other accountable at times, even during the slow parts to keep pushing through the game. Um, I get that that's a lot harder for older games because when you look at all the games that have ever been created, what are the odds that, you know, you're going back and playing one that's 15 years old and you know, someone else is also playing through that game at the same time. That's, you know, pretty difficult to pull off, but for newer games, I think it's definitely manageable, especially in a gaming discord like ours, definitely join link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you could be playing a game, especially a new release, and I guarantee someone else in our community will be playing it if that game's on Switch as well. And that really gives you the opportunity to hype each other up and to talk about it, to be excited about it. Um, I think that's definitely something that's helped me get through a lot of games and have been some of my favorite experiences in gaming as a whole. Yeah, true. And I think like most of us are, we like gaming. We like being a little more competitive than other hobbies. So <laughs> whenever we're playing a game alongside someone else, you know, we don't want to be left behind. So it's a it's a good motivator for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I mean, a good example of, you know, having someone that you can play a single player game, like just like talking about back and forth is our very own, you know, uh, Laura, aka Phoenix, in our community, and uh, our special guest host every now and then, uh, Rebecca, aka Bexzilla. You know, they both play Bravely Default 2, uh, so you can say that they were uh, by default brave twice uh, for a good <laughs> chunk of the year. I just wanted to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, excellent. No, but <laughs> I was in the team. It was a Mr. Burn. From the Simpsons, no, but I, <laughs> but I think that's admirable because like, it's hard to motivate yourself to finish an RPG at times, and having a buddy with you to do that, yeah, especially if it's in your backlog and it's something that you want to finish, like it's very, very um, amazing. And so you know, kudos to those two, and then for anyone else who can, um, who has a buddy to play a single player game with, because I mean, that is a very unique experience that you know definitely transcends. Uh, the way you enjoy games uh, because I mean it's one thing to play multiplayer game together but it's another thing to like share different experiences of a single player story um, even Pokemon I think Pokemon has that has has a hand like you know Sergio you played with one Pokemon in Pokemon Sword or Shield <laughs> Score Buddy excuse me Score Bunny well it is Score Buddy uh, so yeah. you've, you've been playing and, and you had a very unique experience that uh, not barely anyone had. I don't think anyone has had that experience. Um, mm-hmm. And you wrote a blog about it, and it's just like, wow, okay. And then, so I think those sort of things help, and it can then motivate other people to play that same game and and mm. t- tackle that from their backlog. So there we go. Awesome. Well, did you guys have any other parting strategies or word of wisdom when it comes to busting backlogs? Yeah, I had two two quick ones. One thing is that if you get to know your backlog, know what you have. And basically, depending on what you're playing, if, if it's a game that, you know, you, 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 you just really want to complete, even though you're not super into the game, but you just want to get it off the list and maybe sell it afterward, you know, you can reward yourself by choosing your next game by uh, picking something that you actually really want to play. So it's basically just know your backlog and have something that you want to play for afterward. And, you know, our tastes change sometimes we're feeling like playing an rpg or sometimes maybe an action adventure or a visual novel so depending on what you're feeling pick something from your backlog to to basically to satisfy what you feel like playing and then the other point this this can be a little bit controversial but let me try to explain it Um, this is gonna help clean not only clearing games from your backlog but just beating games faster in general which is it's good to prevent backlog, basically. Uh, you can play games on easy mode if you need to. Uh, you know, there's games that are... They can be a little bit challenging. And if you say, okay, I can decide to stick with it and I'm, I'm going to try different strategies and I'm going to spend X amount of hours trying to beat this game, right? 
or I can just change it to easy mode just for this part of the game where I'm struggling with. It, you have to decide how much it's worth it, how much extra time is worth to beat the game in normal, or just to be able to say, okay, I'm going to switch it to easy mode, or I'm going to tweak some of the settings, um, some of the accessibility settings, just to allow myself to still have a, a fun time, a challenging time, but to be able to move on because I'm stuck here. I actually had to do this in Control, the... Mm the cloud version of the game on switch it's mm. really challenging i know some people you know they decide to stick with it but i tweaked some of the settings to give myself more health like i said i still had a challenging time with the game but i was able to move on because i was definitely getting stuck the game is pretty difficult so it comes down to that how much time you're willing to spend or actually how much time you're willing to save by switching to easy mode as you need to um, in order to keep moving on with your games I really like that. And in addition, I think some games you can't necessarily adjust the difficulty, but you can use walkthroughs or YouTube videos. I don't count mm. that as cheating at all if you're stuck or if you need just help progressing or getting excited about a game. It's better to just use those resources because they're there for a reason instead of spinning your wheels for an hour, getting frustrated and burnt out on the game because you don't know how to yeah. progress. Yeah. Um, I promise you there are plenty of other people that use those resources to to play through games and it's fine. Like sometimes having those walkthroughs is nice. I don't like necessarily use the walkthrough for every part of the game, but when I'm stuck, I can look at it and maybe I notice something on there for a hidden item or something I didn't even notice. And it almost enriches me playing the game because I would have missed those things otherwise. Mm, so sure. I think, yeah, definitely use those resources if you can. I really like that point, Serge. Yeah, uh, me as well. And and just to add on what you're saying, Kellen, I feel like that sort of strategy is is really good to do, especially for games like like puzzle strategy games or even excuse me, action, not action, adventure, point click adventure games. Those are the biggest ones mm. that I know I use for uh, walkthroughs if I if I need to un unstuck myself or just like uh, you know yeah. resume <laughs> resume the game because. Right. I mean, there are, you know, like, there are some puzzles that are pretty challenging. You know, some that are fair, some that are not fair. And you're just like, ugh, how do I get through this? <laughs> um, I have to admit, you know, there was uh, a couple times when when I was playing one of my favorite games of all time, Grand Fandango, uh, I had to look up a walkthrough because I did not know how to pass a certain part. I'm like, ugh, how do I do this? And it was just so frustrating. And then when I saw him, I'm like, oh, my gosh. First of all, I felt like an idiot, and second of all, okay, now I know. So I mean, you, you it's a humbling experience, but I, I feel like um, there's no shame in doing that. And so yeah, I there's no shame in adjusting difficulty. There's no shame in looking at walkthrough. Um, now, obviously, if you look at the walkthrough for the entire game, then that's kind of <laughs> the thing of the game. So yeah, we don't recommend that. <laughs> Cool. So to kind of round out the discussion, I wanted to talk about something that actually kind of came to mind as I was kind of piecing this episode together. And that is how important is it really to work on and clear your backlog? Is that like a real priority for you guys? Or do you feel like we stress about it too much? I'm, I'm on the later camp. I think we stress about it too much. Um, I think it's fine to have something to work towards. Um, in the long run but I think as long as it doesn't affect our current choices in gaming um, there's always new games coming out and I think we should be excited for those games and to you know to stay on top of what's 
the, basically the recent games to be more connected because more people are playing the recent games than older ones. So I think those should be the priority. But then, you know, we do have our backlog and we can always try to chip away at it. But it shouldn't be uh, too much of an issue that it would prevent us from playing new games that we would want to only because we're too busy working on our backlog. So I feel like it should be, it shouldn't be the priority. I 245% agree. It it should oh, never wow. be the, <laughs> it should never be the most important thing in the world, like, or a priority. I mean, the most important thing about playing games is to have fun and enjoy it. Right. And so right. if you're bounded by, if you're constricted by the backlog, in order for you to have fun and and enjoy your a, a good time in games, then you're you're not gonna have a good time, and it's just gonna be more trouble than it's worth. And then you end up, you know, feeling burnt out and mentally stressed out. So I think that it's important to like what Sergio said, just have that sort of space in between. Like you know, like yes, you have like the games that you want to play, but if there's new games coming out. Have that flexibility to keep that keep you know have room for that and it's okay right. if you miss a game here and there like it's not uh, I mean, what's the worst that can happen oh you you know you didn't finish the game that's the worst thing that can happen i mean maybe <laughs> if you play a little bit fine and and you can and it's always going to be there it's o- that game that you bought that's like you know maybe game of the year it will always be there for you <laughs> so or yeah if, true. If or even, even if it's an indie like any kind of game just you know Take a deep breath and just have a good time. And but again, just try to balance your time because you don't want it to affect your overall life. I mean, that's that. Oh, that would suck if it did. So yeah, we've talked a lot about it. It definitely is a balance. And so, in answering this question, yes, I do think it's important to manage your backlog because you don't want to be dumping a ton of money into this hobby and not really using the games that you spent all that money on or experiencing them. But I tend to lean to we stress too much about it. I think in the gaming community, there's almost this chip on our shoulder to complete games, to play through the games that we buy, and that can become pretty stressful. Like I've had to remind myself that I'm a video game player and not necessarily a collector, so I don't need to own every game. I also don't need to play every game. I just need to be playing them. Um, There's a lot of satisfaction in managing your backlog, finally beating that game that you've been wanting to for a while. But that's not the overall objective of playing. It's not the overall objective of the hobby. I think the main point is just to have fun. And if you reach a point where you're not having fun and clearing your backlog, then it's too much. It's too stressful. Um, I'm always trying to check myself if I'm clearing a backlog game or just playing a multiplayer game and ask myself, am I having the most fun I could possibly have in my limited free time? And if the answer is no, then I need to change something. I either need to find something else to do outside of gaming, or I just need to switch the game that I'm playing because I'm not fulfilling that like overall objective. Um, mm. I know a while ago we had talked about um, life and looking at it as like a video game where you've got side quests and different things to do. I think backlog busting is the overall side quest of the hobby. It's a great <laughs> yeah. thing to do like on the side. It can definitely get you more experience or advance you. But the overall, you know, story plot or quest is to have fun. And mm-hmm. we can't get so sidetracked in those side quests that we forget about the main one. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Mm, very good. 
Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed this discussion. You guys are uh, real trailblazers when it comes to knocking out backlog, and I appreciate oh. your nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> oh no! Why did you say it that way? <laughs> oh, it was intentional. I know. Oh my gosh! I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, you don't have to because uh, Sergio, you can go ahead and grace us with answers from last week's question. <laughs> And, oh, well, All right. but before you do, the trouble was lost. I just want to say that. <laughs> Snow, we have another jazz fan. Let's go. <laughs> Sergio, to save me, please. <laughs> All right. So, last week's question was, what kind of food have you not had yet that is considered to be a universal thing to have and that you have tried it for the first time recently? And if so... How was it? So Dragon said, I don't think I've ever had a souffle before, but I'm not sure if that counts. <laughs> Cube said, lamb. Never actually tried it since that's really expensive around here. Also, never tried beef that wasn't part of a burger. Hmm, interesting. Mm. <laughs> uh, Shy Guy said, I like birds. I don't <laughs> know what he means by that. I like Pikmin, but you don't see me eating. Well, no, never mind. Capi <laughs> uh, FMO also said lamb he said I had a chance but I got filet mignon instead oh nice <laughs> Clave Tassau said pumpkin pie I know it's very typical especially at Thanksgiving but I never got the chance to try it maybe I'll have to make one myself one day oh nice <laughs> and hi I'm Tom said Nutella don't know why, but I've never had it before. I've heard good things, but I feel like Nutella was at its peak like 10 years ago. And now I think I missed the train. Oh, I don't know. Um, hi, I'm Tom. There's a there's a thing called a Nutella donut shake. Ooh. And it's basically a donut filled with Nutella and you put it on top of a shake, like a, a milkshake. Oh my so it's gosh. Amazing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to even imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it seems most people haven't tried the item that they talked about, but there's one that I, I hadn't had, I think, ever, honestly. I've had things based on this flavor, but I never had the the originator of the flavor itself, and I'm talking about pears. Really? I don't think I've ever had a, a pear before, and I had one earlier today, actually, huh. just for this question. <laughs> oh. And I got to say... Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe it's for some people, but like, if there's apples out there, why would anybody eat a pear? I mean, because <laughs> apples are just crispier, they're sweeter, they're juicier, easier to chew than the pear I had. Maybe it was just the, the one I had, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm an apple guy. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Kellen, what about you? I was trying to think about this. I'm not a big seafood eater. I like sushi, I'll eat salmon, and occasionally tilapia, but outside of having it like in a sushi roll, I've never really just had tuna, and I think a lot of people have had tuna sandwiches or things growing up. It's just never been for me. You know, fish are friends, not food. Um, <laughs> my Discord profile pictures of fish, like, I've slowly become more of a fish over time, actually. So it feels weird to think about, you know, eating tuna. Um, I haven't had it recently. 
what I have had just kind of blends into like the sushi roll. I have no real desire to try it, but I think that's my answer. Mm. What about you, Kevin? I know we've all been waiting. <laughs> we, 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 we have been, uh, you know, we got, so Sergio, you have a pair, you know, Kellen tuna, uh, for me, uh, I've mentioned this. You've guys, you, y'all have mentioned this. <laughs> Other hosts have mentioned this, uh, in the past. I've never had lasagna. No, I, 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 I know, right? Like, wow, this guy's lame. How can you never have had it? I never did. Um, until recently, I made an autumn squash. Excuse me, an autumn butternut squash and spinach lasagna. And there's cheese in it. There is. I know it's not the the <clears throat> original where it has you know beef and tomato sauce or whatever, but it does have three kinds of cheese. There's the mozzarella. There's the ricotta and the parmesan. And, you know, I I shared some photos on our Discord community, which you should join. We have the link in our description of band or with episode. And I thought it was great. And it was good. It was pretty cheesy, you know, pretty heavy. <laughs> I it, it is a vegetarian one. Uh, well, I don't. So for, for those who may or may not know, I don't eat red meat. It's I've, I've been like this for the last since was it? Christmas of 2018. There we go. Yeah. So that's another story. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, look, it's it's still lasagna. It's very cheesy. It was delicious, and I am a fan. I, you know, lasagna is cool. Wow. I, I, I think wow. it's great. Yeah. I mean, I do want to try the real one without beef or whatever you, meat you put. I mean, can you put chicken? I don't know if you put chicken in lasagna. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that before. Oh. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of you. Bottom line, proud of you, not only because you had it, but you actually made it yourself. And I think the most of the lasagna experience is the cheese. So you, you had that for sure. So I'm definitely proud and I'm glad that you actually liked it. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, it's, I mean, I even bought like a, what do you call it? The, that deep dish pan just for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably would use the bake later on but yeah no i mean thanks it's it was something that you know i wanted to try i always told you guys i'm gonna it's gonna be homemade you know nice. didn't think i would make it but yeah i mean it's pretty cool um yeah <laughs> it's not something that i would make <laughs> often but uh i i think it, it definitely is something that uh i i do like now that's all i got <laughs> nice nice cool well now we have this week's weekly question of the week for this week. Which game are you looking forward to the most at the moment? You know, we're about halfway done. E3 is not here yet. So what are you looking forward to now before they announce <laughs> some crazier games coming up in the future? So yeah, tell us what are you looking forward to the most at the moment? And with that, thanks for listening, everyone. We're going to jump out of here. If you haven't already, join our Discord group. The description for this episode has a link to it if you would like to join. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And check out our blog at nintendojump.blogspot.com. Send us any feedback you have at nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com. The best way to support the show is through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nintendojump or by leaving a review for the show in your favorite podcast application. 
This is Sergio and on behalf of Kevin and Kellen, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. See you guys. That is the opening theme of Famicom Detective Club, The Missing Air. Oh. For those who want to play a visual novel, highly recommend it. It's pretty good so far. That's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Stay <laughs> <Nice>. safe. <laughs> Bye-bye.